Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast and radio show, and it's not really about Baltimore. My name is Tom Gowker, and I'll be your host tonight. September 12th, 2020 was the last time that I was able to interview saxophonist and composer Emmanuel Wilkins for his debut recording, Omega. It was getting great press and buzz for this recording. In fact, Emmanuel Wilkins' Omega was voted as the best album of 2020 as per the New York Times. Anticipation for this second recording is at a fever pitch right now. The year and a half gap from the first record gave the listeners time to really digest Omega, and now they're hungry for more. Well, we are ready to eat because Emmanuel Wilkins' second album is titled The Seventh Hand. It's still on the Blue Nate Records, and the release date is January 28, 2022. The Seventh Hand is a thought-provoking double album from the album cover all the way to the music. It's religious and spiritual in overtones, and it also has musical elements that get a little complicated. And Emmanuel Wilkins is here to explain in our Zoom interview. Before we get to that interview, don't forget to forward this episode to five people who love music just like you do. And let's get the word out. Let's listen to the second track from the seventh hand. It's called Don't Break. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. Well, I can't say we had a blast last night, but I really enjoyed your conversation. And I wanted to follow up because when we started out, you were just like, okay, I'm sitting in my home. I guess I should do some interviews. Uh, <laughs> I got this album. I got a little buzz going on. And all of a sudden, you win the number one New York Times album for Omega in, in uh, 2020. So... You're a man with stories, so I was like, oh, I need to get, reach back to him and find out how is he taking this. How was that? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, that was uh, it was it was a good time. It was also a, a blessing to have that happen during the pandemic when virtually nothing was going on for artists in that time. So um, it, it was nice to have a little bit of uh, uh, love for the for the album that I produced before the pandemic. Yeah, you know, man, it was it, it, it was nothing that I I really expected. You know, I didn't I didn't expect for 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 it to um 
for it to happen or or for it to be received that way. But it was a, a delightful, you know, a, a delightful thing. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, it took you from a, a guy who with, you're somewhat of an introvert, and now bang, you're like on fire and with people with demands. I'm trying, what, trying, yeah. Another person that you that you have as a mentor is Jason Moran. Has I think his album this year is in the top five for New York Times. Yep. Yep, yep, absolutely. His is, yeah, yeah. I think his number one, yeah. I think his number it's one. Pretty, have you worked with him or any kind of? Yeah, uh, man, you know, uh, uh, not, he, he didn't, he didn't directly help, help out on this record, but man, he, you know, he, he always, uh, has, has been a, a big help to me. We have a pretty, pretty good relationship. I, I talk to him often and, um, I just got commissioned by the Jazz Gallery, uh, in New York to, to write some music. I, I wrote, uh, some pieces for a duet between me and him. So we just did that concert maybe a couple months ago. I think that was in October. And so, so yeah, you know, it's, it's always a pleasure to share the bandstand with him, share thoughts with him. You know, that's, that's one of my biggest influences. Uh, and he's, he's a great guy. When you told me he was your mentor, I was like, oh my God, he's awesome. The reason I kind of hopped on you early is because like you're in Blue Notes, don't need to have a marketing unit to churn your record. People are coming to you left and right. So I thought, oh, I'm going to get a head start. And the only reason yeah. I said I, I'm getting a head start because Warren Evans said the same thing. He goes, he's real slow at responding to emails. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm tough with the emails. I, I have about like 200 backed up right now that I need to respond to. It, it was weird because I, I was like, yeah, I know that too. There's so many expectations on people on how to act. It's just hard to be yourself. And you're still a young guy. And it seems like uh, there's more expectations like than laid on you. And I don't know, do you feel stressed out like to be a, a performer at this point? No, it does not. It, it doesn't really stress me out anymore. Just because I, I, I think I've been kind of intentional, especially in these past, like maybe a couple of years. Uh, I've been kind of intentional to make sure I'm like taking work that I really feel good about and work that I'm 100% invested in and, and uh, care about a lot. And so it, it takes a lot of the pressure off because I don't feel the pressure. I don't feel exhausted just because it's all stuff I really want to do. And I mean, it, it can be a lot at times. And a, a lot of the time, you know, that's why I'm thankful uh, to my manager, Mariah. It's like a, a lot of the times it's it's really the the emails, the, the talking about the thing that gets exhausting. But the thing <laughs> itself feeds me. You know, that's what I live for. So, I no, I'm de definitely not definitely not overworked yet. I'm, uh, and I hope not to ever be overworked. I hope I I just really care about all the projects that I'm I'm doing. You know, and and really like I want to do those things. You know, like like Omega or came out, but you were way in advance. You were like almost have a wealth of material like that you had had sit on. And now this album seems like it's it, that that stuff still sit. And you came up with something brand new, like a whole brand, like this is very complex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this music, this music is definitely uh, uh, way more involved, uh, a lot more going on. Yeah. Th this music we've, I guess the band has been playing it for maybe, maybe about three or four years at this point, this new repertoire and kind of, you know, th this, this, this record, in a lot of ways is a testament to kind of this, I, I think we're kind of breaking through into a new way of conversing on the bandstand. That's uh, exciting and interesting to me um, where we're, we're dealing with like um, traditional rhythms of 
the, of jazz music, uh, the swing rhythm is is way more prevalent in this record than the first record, as well as Af- you know uh, some African rhythms. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think I think rhythmically we're getting to a, a more sophisticated level than uh, on the first one. I feel like this is a we're starting to break through the surface of this new kind of way of communicating that feels rooted and and uh, it feels good to me, you know. Well, so then this has been material that you've worked on. It's just that you've collected it in a, in a really interesting way. Let's listen to the fifth track of the album, The Seventh Hand. It's called Witness. Like I was like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not a super church guy, but I was like, okay, so there's five, there's six hands, and I kept on putting <laughs> Bible, six hands, six hands, yeah, right. <laughs> and it, it doesn't exist, but or if it does, it does, it's not connected to what you're saying. No, no, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but you had you had me working. <laughs> Why? Why couldn't you just do like a Rogers and Hammerstein like? Uh, yeah, man, you know, Sanders record. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am recording, and I did say before I've only heard your lead-off single. This is an Adele situation. We just didn't get a copy of the album. The album's called The Seventh Hand. Comes out January 29th on the Blue Note record. It is. Stunning on the album cover. I know the album cover means stuff. I saw that the way the album is opened up and it's a double album. It looks really, really cool. Okay. So you're, you're, you're being baptized and it doesn't look like you're in the South. It looks like it's just like a local pine. However, yeah. there, there's multiple women in modern clothes, not really uh, ready to be accepted into a baptism. So I was curious, like, why are you the only man? But then I'm also wondering in the stages of clothing, are there at behind you? I find it interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, that, man, thanks, and and uh, I appreciate you you noticing those things. I think uh, a lot of, uh, and this this is kind of how I've been talking about it is a kind of a remix on it. I was trying to remix the uh, the bathroom, and the reference the reference was a lot of those like Southern baptism photos, you know, from from like maybe the sixties, fifties. Uh, I, I thought it would be interesting to give a little bit of a maybe push and pull or a little bit of tension in in the way that everyone was dressed in one in one way i i wanted to um really depict or or maybe make make people question uh what it means to be holy what what it, what are the uh like what are the ram or what are the requirements to holiness uh-huh. and uh, i thought that you know you rarely see women doing the bapti- baptizing usually it's a, a, a man in that powerful position and so i thought it in, in one way it would be interesting to put the women in the position of power and me actually being the one being baptized in the you know in in the uh submissive realm i guess and then and then also i in, in the in the way they're dressed i i just want i wanted it to feel 
almost wayward in a way. I, one, one of the one of the women in the photo has a late like a lace front, like a weave and long <laughs> fingernails and a hoodie yeah. and you know uh, hoop earrings. She's and, like ready to party. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And and you know, I I think I I think that um, uh, a lot of the times people seem uh, can can look at the tonality of an image or what holiness looked like or what wayward looked like, you know, what being wayward even looks like in, in a way, I feel like the, the visuality that maybe um, the creator has on us is one of nakedness is one of like, not, you know, it doesn't matter what you have, you know, it doesn't matter what, what clothes are, are being worn. There's no real, uh, it's only about the, the heart, I guess, you know? So yeah, I kind of wanted to just put a little tension in in the visual tonality of 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 how it how it looked, you know. Sure, and every single person there is is equally deserving of a baptism, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's interesting. Um, yeah, what I was thinking of really was like um, the symbol of the number six is being the extent of like human possibility, and then the number seven is being some uh some sort of symbol of like divine intervention. And uh, um, the piece is loosely based around vesselhood and like uh, how, how to uh, get the band to become vessels by the end of the piece where it's, it's only flowing kind of through us and we're not actually consciously at front of mind creating things or thinking about what we're playing. Um, uh, so, yeah, there's there's different devices that I kind of employ to to get to the seven movement that really deals with no written material and is all freely improvised. You know, sure. it's a 26 minute jam. So, yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And here is the epic final song. Let's listen to a sample called Lift. like in the heyday like you guys have been together for a, a while now when you look at these uh great jazz albums you're like uh, miles's team has been together for four to five years like you're past yeah. that point of of thinking about stuff like i think that you you play together so much and you know each other so well that maybe that that's not a big leap that you guys can you know just uh, you know, just work on space and, and, and thought process. No, we, we've been together for, uh, uh, yeah, a health amount of time now. Um, so I, and central to, uh, even that vulnerability that it takes to submit to the music in that way, you know? So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's good to be playing with, with, with my brothers and, and sisters in the, in the music. I think what you're trying to do, if you like sat down, uh, Billy Porter, You've never worked with them before, and you're conceptually saying all this stuff. And then I want you to get to it in a week because we're going to want to record this. It, it's you know, it's kind of like okay, <laughs> does he get it or doesn't he get yeah, it? Absolutely. And, and, and will this like come out the way 
I envisioned, but at the same time, it does, there is no envisionment. Uh, uh, your last piece is, is a free for all. So uh, there, the, uh, yeah. conceptually, there is no concept. <laughs> and that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, well, you know, it's, it's funny because like, I think also it, it has to do with like the, the man, the band was actually hanging out with me while I was writing the piece, you know, like they would hear it in progress and, you know, I kind of shared with them the, the vision of the, of the, of the piece and the vision of the seven movement, like all throughout that, the time I was writing it. So by the time they started playing it, they had a really good idea. And we all were kind of on the same wavelength of what it should feel like, what it should sound like, you know, in the album's biography, Emmanuel writes, I was fascinated with the idea that there are no white people in black churches. You know, there's some, th- some eyeball things we're going to, we're almost going to wind down here, but um, you know, you, you're, you're right. There's a lot of white people that don't go to, to uh, black churches. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and it's not because I don't want to, I think that it, it's too long, you know, it's yeah. way too long. <laughs> yep, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're given, like I started out Catholic and they wrap that thing up in 45 minutes. Absolutely, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a Quaker now and they wrap that in an hour. I roll out jeans and maybe this t-shirt and I'm, I, and I, I you know, I feel good. I, I didn't do anything. You got to dress up yeah. and then you got to sit there for hours. And it's, that's the, that's the only reason. I feel, <laughs> <laughs> I feel too long, man. It's too long. <laughs> yeah. Like I haven't been trained that long and that right there to be able to sit there. Like that's where your mind wanders. And you're like, is this a good investment of time? Like, is this really what I should be doing with my time? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. Oh man. I don't know. You've been quoted by Warren Wolf. I think I saw it. He's in my thread. Uh-huh. And he, he said that, uh, why do they always bring Thai to a, a, a Thai food to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing, but it was basically that that's an observation that you're making now that everyone brings Thai in to yeah, assess them. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy, man. Every time it happens. Literally, literally, man. Even the session for this recording, there but, was Thai food ordered. <laughs> I mean, like, why Thai? Why? I have they, no idea. I have no idea. I I think it's now uh um like, I think it's actually like become like a subconscious trigger whenever it's gonna <laughs> order food. Like, like a side man on a session that's ordered Thai. I think now, like, they're just like, oh yeah, maybe Thai. <laughs> I yeah. think that's you know, like. Isn't it, I don't know. That hot sauce uh, blows up your nose, clears out your nostrils. You know, like it's hot. So like your whole nose Maybe. is totally open. Yeah. You're sweating. So you're, you're, you're more of a, you know, you're not energized. It's not like you do regular Chinese and you feel like you want to take a nap, you know? Maybe that's what it is. That's <laughs> a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. That could uh, be it that, man. That's funny. I, I, we're not going to break down how this album works but i do believe that people should you know take a a listen first and then read the bio as to what you're trying to do because you know you just want that visceral like thought process yeah. this is uh 12 30 so this is the end of the year do you have any new year's resolutions is that anything you're doing oh man you know uh hold on let me uh I, I, not really new year's resolutions but i definitely have some goals for 2022 um, and I'll, I'll read them off to you. I have them oh, yeah, right down. All right. We'll take uh, them. <laughs> eating clean, uh, increased vitamin intake, more herbs 
exercise, more practicing, more reading. And then I just have some work, clarity, time, centering yourself, working hard, focus on the moment, less time on the phone, more presence in real life. Wow. All right. So we just talked about the first single that's out. I looked it up, the word. Yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful song. It's the first one, so it starts the the whole the whole set. Yep. Emanation. Yep. It, I looked it up. It's an abstract but perceptible thing that issues or originates from a source. Absolutely. Yep. what starts it yeah and yeah i mean yeah i was just thinking about um like uh so yeah i mean you know i'm, I'm thinking about vesselhood i'm thinking about what it means to like catch the holy spirit in the church you know like what the holy spirit means and um there's a uh there's a verse in the bible where they say when two or three are gathered together there am i in the midst and i thought it was really interesting that gathering as a mode of like some sort of uh like uh you know just special things happen when people gather you know uh -huh. Um, and, and, uh, that being kind of central to, uh, vesselhood or, um, you know, um, there's also, man, there's also this kind of, uh, in my head, this like dual directionism happening where, um, you know, when you think of vesselhood, it's something that kind of falls down on you or goes through you right from the yeah. top down, but then emanation is kind of from the bottom up. You know what I mean? Like emanation is like something that emanates out yet like maybe catching the holy spirit or or vesselhood deals with something coming down you know so i thought that um it, it's kind of uh capturing the same truth or the same core idea but it's coming from different directions i thought that was really interesting too yeah and that's discussed in the the uh the liner notes so you're you're basically saying like a, a communion or a, a collection of people will end up you know sharing a cosmic like uh vibe amongst each other and then they will also you know feel that they're creating a language without it actually speaking and with that comes the power absolutely and that power reaches out that's your your upward motion yeah, yeah it's pretty high like it's pretty yeah, cool. totally, totally. <laughs> it's better right. than the rogers and Hart sound right. we're gonna do <laughs> well emmanuel wilkins thank you for getting back on the on the phone and talk to me on something came from baltimore thank uh, you man you too man
I hope you enjoy the interview today with Emmanuel Wilkins. The album is called The Seventh Hand on Blue Note Records. Remember to subscribe, share, and enjoy, and the show is over. Have a beautiful day.